Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their multicultural mess and secular scam. I hope you are having a fantastic day. You had a great holy and um, are ready for a new year, a spring, a summer. It's always the fantastic season of the year. The most fantastic season because uh, summer is here uh, holidays are here and it, it the flowers are in full bloom so uh it's a great great time of the year and uh beautiful pictures of holy coming from around the world and i hope you all are safe and that's most important and so today we get right to the bottom of it our topic today is women in the christian churches um or should i say gender equality in the catholic church the reason why i'm doing this is yesterday i did um a podcast on the hypocritical uh, comedy show by an Indian Roman Catholic. Um, and oh, I was absolutely fuming. Um, I, I, I said it in the podcast. And you know that it was really sick for those who listened to it. Uh, I could not cover all the stories because it was so bad. Um, and it was so long. It, it, there's a lot of things to talk about there every single junction in life is an intellectual laboratory it is important to understand um and uh, yes absolutely uh, it is important to understand that um we have to learn from every junction by you know spitting it or um closing it and not listening to it we're doing ourselves a disservice so it's important to understand every junction in life make it into an intellectual intellectual uh, laboratory learn from it and go forward so yesterday we spoke about the hypocritical indian roman catholic comedian from mumbai who uh, spit um sarcastically and uh, hypothetically as he says on hindus but of course he didn't take the word hindu very important um and he talked about something about, oh, maybe the Hindus left and, and joined this new religion of Christianity uh, because uh, maybe, he was saying, but hypothetically, that women were not allowed in temples. That's why they, they were... They left. You know what I mean? The mom and the pop show and he was going on about it. If you've read, if you clicked on the link in my podcast, you would have seen that his, the show was there. Um, and he talked about women not being allowed in temples. That's why they were so angry and they, they left uh, Hinduism or this Hindu, whatever he wants to call it, or just left and joined Christianity, which would probably be his, his family because he's Roman Catholic. Uh, that's not true. We were invaded. We were butchered. We were forced. Uh, land was taken away from us. Our rights were taken away from us. Uh, we didn't have schooling. And even when we converted, we were not allowed uh, to get education. Like my grandmother, who had no money, who had to be pulled out of education, although we were Roman Catholics. Um, they just made sure that you were the bottom of the ladder. You stayed uh, poor. You stayed uneducated so they could control your mind. And that was the, the best way to control your mind uh, in the ancient world and to keep you subjugated. So it was not about women not being uh, uh, in temples. However, 
uh, he also mentioned something about, uh, you know, when you make an argument, when you shoot at someone, at least you have to point right, because otherwise it falls back on you. Basically, he was trying to, you know, play sarcastically at the Hindus who are trying to point their castes, rice bag slurs at Roman Catholics in India, which is not true because I'm a Roman Catholic. I grew up in India and no one ever had a slur against me. Not one person, not one person said rice bag. I never heard it before um, and neither have I seen it on the internet. Only people who spit on others, you know, have people spit back on them. And so this guy probably is spitting on every Tom, Dick and Harry. So he sees all these slurs and gets all these slurs. But I don't get slurs. Uh, you know, um, I'm sure some people have their, their opinions, but I don't get it. Uh, rice bags and stuff like that. Never have I heard it and never has my family heard it. So I don't know where this lunatic is coming from. But uh, he's a disgusting fellow, uh, in my opinion. And I, you know what? There was a time and I was like this because every single Roman Catholic is bought up, brainwashed. We are brainwashed by the church to um, to be respectful on the in outside, but on the inside we are brainwashed with, uh, you know, supremacy and and this narcissism that this comedian came out of. Now I'm not going to take his name, but his link is in my podcast. is a comedy show and it's episode two twenty nine. Um, so he, this comedian is talking about pointing the fingers, pointing the gun correctly. Now, I don't like guns. Only fools use guns. Um, I don't like violence. So I'm not going to point the gun at anyone. But I will say to him, read the Bible. Because Matthew chapter 7, if I'm not mistaken, um, says very clearly, ask not what others do unto you. Ask what you do unto others. That means look at yourself in the mirror first before you laugh at others. And today I am going to talk about women in in the Catholic Church, how they were considered ritually unclean and not allowed in churches for a very long time. And it was not the Hindus who did it. This is Abrahamic ignorance, complete, total Abrahamic ignorance. Uh, now, let me tell you what a temple is, okay? Uh, because he first starts with... Um, he starts with something called... Hindus were not allowed in temples. Now... The time when a, when a woman is not allowed in a temple, it's because a woman who is menstruating, okay, her, the normal energy field of your body, man or woman, goes from the ground upwards, okay, because the ground is where the energy comes from. We are electromagnetic fields, and the electromagnetic field is from the core, the center of the earth, is this churning movement of iron ore and on, 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 on metals and, and minerals, uh, the earth is churning in, in a cyclic, um, circumambulatory movement, like a wobble. The center of the earth is creating this energy. The energy just comes through the surfaces, the layers of this earth, and then go upwards. So the earth, the energy comes from the ground upwards, okay? However, when a woman has her menstruals, um, the energy, the flow of the blood is downwards from top, from head to bottom. It goes downwards. So the energy field, your energy field is going downwards. Okay. Now, when your energy field is, is uh, going downwards and the, f and the energy from the earth, sorry, the energy of your body is going downwards and the energy from the earth, the natural energy field of the earth is going upwards, there's a clash and this clash 
produces friction and in a human being or in anyone an animal it could produce um turbulence in your body sickness illness uh nausea um vomiting it could that's why we see people with we say we got menstrual pain that menstrual pain also comes from the fact that there's a clash in your energy field your your energy field is not moving in its normal fashion because your 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 menstrual cycles the blood is moving downwards and the normal um flow of the energy field from the earth is upwards so that creates a clash uh, among the besides the fact that the your uh uterus is you know the blood from the uterus from the the lining from the uterus is now being removed and is going through your body uh going through your um leaving the the uterus and so that causes pain too so there's menstrual pain now to avoid that uh, they were not allowed in the temples because every single temple was built on an electromagnetic high high spot so there was an electromagnetic field of fault line and where that magnetic energy was at its highest the temple the garbha graha was at that on that high spot okay that magnetic field because the temple is not there just to pray the temple is there to balance your magnetic fields because dharma is not about uh, abrahamic flat earth praying and convincing yourself with slavery dharma is a science it's a science about your astronomy about your magnetic field it's about how you can balance that field and the temple was always constructed um on this electromagnetic field there was always a water source going by so the water uh, was below the earth's surface at its highest the flow was highest and that produced what is called as physioelectricity uh so the physioelectricity would come from the ground up because this was on a fault line the garbha graha was at its highest point and um on the top the people would circumambulate around the garbha graha and that gave you the temple now if a woman has a menstrual cycles you have her the flow of her her blood the energy field going downwards you're the garbha graha and it's going upwards uh you're going to have massive pain so to avoid that to help the women they were not allowed to go into the temple during menstrual that was not about being unclean it was it was a it's a scientific fact it, it is proven today by modern science that this is a scientific fact and it was not that the women were not allowed they knew because every human being was taught about the science of the body was taught about the science of the cosmos vedas means vid means knowledge it's the same thing as science science means knowledge what was the knowledge in the ancient world the knowledge was astronomy because we are astronomy species of life is astronomy we are the cosmos and we are astronomical um, metaphysical cycles and we are we are the cosmos we're not connected to the cosmos we are the cosmos the only thing you see on the outside is the form so that is important that everyone knew this at that point there was a time when people were given this knowledge in our schools in our temples that te- this was the basis of all knowledge but somewhere along the line we lost it and and then came these abrahamic shik bang bang uh, groups and made this unclean impure is what they call and that transfer of knowledge that 
this Abrahamic ideology has taken over the planet for 3,000 years, and because it's taken over the planet, now this mentality has overflowed everywhere. We know that in... Um, we know we know that we've been uh, overloaded with Abrahamic invaders since 711. Besides that, Abrahamic refugees came from the Middle East, fleeing the wars and fleeing the ignorance uh, for more than three thousand years ago. Uh, and and this area has been desert. The uh, area of the. Uh, of the Middle East has been desert. So they've lost their civilization. So all of them have overflowed onto the Indian subcontinent, onto Africa, onto into uh, Europe. But um, so we've had to take them and they've become part of our psychic and their ignorance, their knowledge has now become part of our knowledge. And over time, the, the ancients died away. And this these generations of refugees who've lost their civilization have taken over the maximum space Although they have converted, removed their labels, uh, the mentality did not go away. And so this mentality has now become Indian mentality, Hindu mentality. And we have this uh, Roman Catholic supremacist um, comedian now laughing at in Hindus with no intelligence whatsoever to understand or to research just poor little Christian Roman Catholic victim. So I'm going to talk to you today about um, about women in the Catholic Church. Now I'm reading from a um, from a blog called women's womenpriest.org. I will post it onto my site womanpriest.org. Okay, take that down, my friends. It's very very interesting. It's about um, gender equality in the Catholic Church with never existed. Women are considered ritually unclean, okay? Uh, through much of its history, especially in the West, women were considered ritually unclean. Now, remember, um, Islam does the same thing, okay? This is, but he has no guts to talk about Islam. He just has the guts to talk and spit on Hindus, but that's okay. Let's go to it. According to Jewish tradition, a woman's monthly flow of blood put her regularly in a state of ritual defilement. Similar taboos against menstruation existed in pagan Greek and Roman circles. Through their anti-sex mania, the fathers of the church aggravated the fears of women's uh, ritual uncleanliness. Church leaders were anxious that such uncleanliness might defile the holiness of the church building, the sanctuary, and mainly the altar. In a climate that increasingly looked at all aspects of sex and procreation as tainted with sin, theologians considered that an unclear creature like a woman would not be entrusted with care of God's sacred realities. Prohibitions based on the presumed ritual uncleanliness of women were, have remained official law in the church for 700 years at least. Knowing this background, it is not surprising to find that the vast majority of priests, fathers, canon lawyers, theologians, church leaders were of the opinion that such a ritually unclean person as in a woman, should not be entrusted with a ministry of the Eucharist. That means she cannot be a priest. That's why in the Catholic Church, there are no women priests. It is clear that this social and cultural bias invalidated their judgment as to the suitability of women for ordination. So we understand that not only that, women are not allowed to uh, be priests. 
So let's go start with the Jewish fear of contamination of menstrual blood, a key Old Testament text of the defilement of monthly periods is in the third chapter of the Old Testament, Levitic, Leviticus um, 15, chapters 19, uh, sorry, verses 19 to 30, which say the following. When a woman has a discharge of blood and blood flows from her body, the uncleanliness of her monthly period shall last for seven days. Anyone who touches her will be unclean until evening. Any bed she lies on this state will be unclean. Any seat she sits on will be unclean unclean. Anyone who touches her bed must wash the clothing and wash himself and will be unclean until the evening. If there is anything on the bed or on the chair on which she sat, anyone who touches will be unclean until the evening. If a man sleeps with her, he will be affected by the uncleanliness of her monthly periods. He shall he shall be unclean for seven days. Any bed he lies on will be unclean. If a woman has a flow of blood for several days outside her period, or if the period is prolonged during the time of the flow, last she shall be in the same state of uncleanliness as during her monthly periods. Where she is cured of her flow, she will let seven days pass, and then she will clean. On the eighth day, she is to take two turtle doves or two young pigeons and bring them to the priest at the entrance of the tent of the meeting uh, of the meeting with one of them the priest is to offer sacrifice for sin uh, and with the other other a holocaust this is the way which the priest will perform the rite of atonement over her before yahweh that means god for the flow that caused her uncleanliness Yes, my friend. The children of Israel are the uh, are to be warned at least they define the tabernacle that is set among them. So this is in the Old Testament, my friend, of the Bible. You can read that. Um, and this comes in uh, Leviticus um, chapter 3. Okay, Leviticus 15. Okay, uh, because there are many Leviticus 15. So verses 19 to 30. These laws are made even more... Uh, onerous and complicated um, in the rabbinical traditions that followed the consequences for women were every month they were seven or more days during which she was richly unclean she needed purification um, purification at childbirth after the birth of a son of a son a mother was unclean for 40 days a daughter for 80 days um now, taboo of menstruation also existed in, in Greco-Roman culture um, because of the same concept that I told you that her, her menstrual cycles mean the energy flows down and her, the body and the menstrual and the energy field of the, of the earth goes upward. So it's a, con it's a clash. So the contact with the monthly flukes of women turns new wine, sour makes crops with the kills, grafts, dry seeds and gardens, blah, blah, blah. And this was pre-Christian um, um, thought in the, in the Roman world and the Greco world. Um, it is not very far-fetched because uh, we, we in India say a woman should not touch milk if she has uh, her periods. Now, that's because the... 
the uh, conflict, the energy cycles that are in conflict, in turbulence in your body causes, uh, uh, causes your energy field any, to, to be in conflict all around you. So you see sometimes when people, women are in their periods, they are, they are sick um, and they're angry. And that's because of the conflict of the energy field in your body. It's trying to find that balance. And anything that it comes in touch will, will, will be um, imbalanced. Um, whether it's food, whether it's you, whether it's some other person, there'll be an imbalance because your energy field is like currents and waves. It just keeps flowing. Remember, it's not something that you can stop or you can touch. And that means milk gets curdled. So it's not far-fetched. Scientifically, it's correct. Uh, but it was not exactly put in a correct way, not in the ancient world. Now, the Latin fathers and the taboo of menstruation. During the first five centuries of the Christian era, Greek and Syriac-speaking part of the church protected women against the worst effects of menstruation taboo. The third century explains women are not unclean during the... Um, explains that women are not unclean during their periods, that they do not need ritual ablations, and that their husband should not abandon them. Um, the apostolic constitutions repeated this reassuring message. However, in 601 AD, Pope Gregory I endorsed this approach. Menstruant women should not be kept out of the church or away from the First Holy Communion. But this response unfortunately overwhelmed and intensified prejudice in later centuries. It was the Latin fathers, that means the Latin church, that means the Vatican, uh, who reintroduced anti-sex hysteria into Christian morality. It began with Tertullian in 155 AD to 245, who declared even legal marriages tainted with uh, conspicions. Um, that means um, women who were menstruating um, were uh, lustful. Okay, um, Saint Jerome in 347 continued this line of thought, teaching that corruption attaches to all sex and intercourse, even in legitimate marriages. Marriage, which is with all its dirty sex only came after the fall. Small wonder that Jerome, St. Jerome too, held that menstrual fluids make women unclean. Uh, so this was the thought. To, human, to become human, Jesus put up with revolting conditions in the womb. Uh, through abstaining from sex, uh, a woman can become a man. Holy women were married, uh, who are married are holy because they live like virgins. Virginity is the original and pure human condition. Marriage came with sin. This was the this was the Catholic and Christian thought at this time, which our beloved Roman Catholic uh, comedian in Bombay or Mumbai does not know or refuses to to laugh about or say anything. But he has no problem spitting on Hindus who uh, didn't allow women in uh, temples. Not all the time, but according to him, it was a blanket joke. So here's another big saint in the Roman Catholic Church or Christian Church, Saint Augustine uh, from 354 AD. He was no better. He was um, a Berber from North Africa. Uh, pleasure during intercourse was equated with um, Concupiscence. Concupiscence is a reminiscence of sin. Okay, even in marriage, sex is a sin, venial fault. Uh, the pleasure of intercourse is, in fact, that means true 
which original sin is past. For the human seed is now corrupted. It is clear that for him, um, a menstruating woman could never be served at, at the altar as a priest. So sexual intercourse in marriage is permitted on account of human um, weakness or to beget children. If Adam and Eve had not sinned, God might have created children, children for them without the need of intercourse. Sexual intercourse is in marriage, not begetting children is a venial fault. It means a sin. Jesus was not born from sexual intercourse, that is, from sinful flesh. So that's why he is so great, because he was born for Virgin Mary and the rest of all are, us are all sinners. That, that, that is the opinion of the church. Uh, sexual intercourse is bad because women are bad and women are unclean. They're richly impure. So from that comes the fact that um, sexual intercourse is impure. It's lust. It's sinful. It's sinful flesh. Shame about intercourse proves its origin from sin. Uh, pleasure even in good marriage passes from original sin. Carnal pleasure in, in marriage is the consequence of original sin. That means when Adam and Eve were created, um, God had a tree in heaven and told Adam and Eve not to eat it. Eve, the woman, ate the apple from the tree and that's why she was banished from heaven by God and then Adam was banished from heaven too. And that's why, we, because the first sin was created by a woman, women are perpetual sinners and and ritually impure. That was a thought of the church. We are ritually impure because uh, the first sin was created by the woman. And this is why she's she was very often not allowed in church, in churches, especially during her periods. Uh, because of the original sin, human seed is corrupted. Um, Self-willed lust in sexual organs is a high con uh, sign of pleasure caused by sin. Pleasure is equal to shameful lust is in marriages is a disease. A good Christian hates his wife, conjugal connection with and sexual intercourse. A perfect Christian couple live together as brother and sister. Lust during intercourse is a carrier of original sin. This, my dear friend, is all part of the Catholic Church. I repeat, this is part of the Catholic Church uh, thought, which our comedian did not say. The church practice in later centuries. Uh, the Bishop of Alexandria in 241 AD wrote that menstruous women ought not to come to the holy table or touch the holy of holies, nor to churches, but pray elsewhere. This was a rare voice in the eastern part of the church, which, after all, women deacons served in all dioceses. The real problem came from the West, from the Latin-speaking dioceses of North Africa, Italy, Gaul, and Britain. And Latin means Roman Catholic, okay? That means uh, this, uh, the same cult that this uh, Bombay, uh, Mumbai comedian comes from. Um, because he does say he's a Catholic comedian. The, lo the local council of Carthage in North Africa, 345 AD, introdu introduces rules imposing ab abstinence from intercourse on bishops, priests, and deacons. Uh, local councils in France uh, from 441 AD decreed that no women deacons can be ordained in the region. The obvious region reason was the fear of menstruous women defiling the sanctuary. 
Um, a Pope Galakius I in 494 AD objected to women serving at the altar, the Diocesan uh, Synod of Auxerre in 588 AD decreed that women had to cover their hands with a dominical cot in cloth in order to receive communion. In 650 AD forbade priests um, were forbidden to give the chalice in the, uh, of wine into the hands of women to allow them to help in distributing communion. In 680 AD, laws were laid down that couples should abstain from intercourse on Saturdays and Sundays and on the day before receiving communion. Menstruous women may not receive communion, may not receive baptism or visit the church at Easter. In 690 AD, uh, ignoring Pope Gregory's letter to his predecessor for uh there was another bishop who forbade menstruating women to visit the church or receive holy communion mothers remain unclean for 40 days after giving childbirth uh, in 820 AD there was a bishop who forbade women to enter the sanctuary also women should remember their infirmity uh, and the inferiority of their sex and therefore they should have fear of touching um whatever sacred things there are in the ministry of the church. Um, supposed ritual uncleanliness of women led to many prohibitions in church law. Um, the, the presumed ritual uncleanliness of women entered church law, especially through the dectrum, sorry, Decretum Gratini in 114080, which became official church law in 123480, uh, that was enforced until 1916. So it says women may not distribute communion, may not teach in church, may not teach or baptize, women may not touch sacred objects, women may not touch or wear sacred uh, vestments. Um, Women cannot be ordained. Women may not normally baptize. A woman may not touch corporal. Uh, women may not receive communion during the monthly periods. Women should receive communion in the hands of a household towel or in the, on their tongue. Women should be wailed when receiving communion. Women should not be singers in church. Um... So there was also a canon in 1917 that said, uh, based on women's presumed uncleanliness, uh, it said women uh, should, should not sing in church. It's funny, really funny, because I sang a lot. But this is 1917. Not, not in, in, in 1217, 1917. That's 100 years ago. Women are the last choice of a minister for baptism. Women should not distribute Holy Communion. Girls and women may not serve Mass at the altar. Only men can be ordained Holy Orders. Women shall have their heads railed in church. Sacred linen must be first washed by men before women touch them women may not preach in church women may not read out the sacred scriptures and the reversal of this law only came in 1983 my friends that's right 1983 um, and this uh, is disgusting uh, through the, this change in church law and practice of official church has finally acknowledged to some extent that its prejudice against women based on ritual uncleanliness was unfounded. So why do church leaders not draw the obvious conclusion that their ban was based on 
prejudice uh, prejudice or and is totally invalid well you know because the Roman Catholic Church is a bunch of pedophiles that's why long and short of the story my dear friends this is what Roman Catholicism thinks about um, about women um, you can get it on the blog. I'm going to post it on my website, uh, womenpriest.org. Please do go to it. It's fantastic. Spread it to your friends as much as possible uh, because it's very, very, very important. And the next time you see your friend, the Catholic, uh, Roman Catholic comedian, uh, talking about women who were not allowed in churches, uh, sorry, in temples, you give him this and send him to him by email uh, because he needs to see this. Uh, it was the Roman Catholics and the Abrahamic goons who actually practiced this nonsense overflowed to the Indian subcontinent um, for a very long time. And... Don't blame uh, the Hindus for this. Uh, but of course, you know, poor little victimhood uh, that he is, the manifestation of his finger pointing at others shows me a mirror image of who he is and not who others are. So on that note, I am glad I left this cult. I ask you to heal, my friend, because it's important to heal. Getting angry is not good. Um, I'm glad that this guy speaks. I'm glad every time he speaks, we will learn more and more. We will rise up the status quo. And remember, we're all currents and waves belonging to the same ocean. The ocean is the same all over. We are made of water and we work in cycles of currents and waves. We're all the same water, the drops of the ocean. So by making every single junction into an intellectual laboratory, we can heal, we can rise up, and we can be better. We can stop the violence in our homes, and we will stop the violence in our streets. Um, so I dedicate this to all my lovely friends out there. Thank you for your time. Thank you for, thank you for supporting my, my podcast. Please do, do share it with as many people as you like. And cheers, and still we meet again.